0: and welcome to the lazy book club podcast the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house my name is Matt Gonsalves
1: who's that <laughs> it's David Cox
0: and I'm Josh Matheson it's 2021 boys we're back
1: it's the Happy future. No year. it's
0: the future the future is here and it's depressing yeah. <laughs> and it's the same as the S- year we left <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think everybody, I don't know why, there's always this, you know, new year, new beginning kind of mentality in your head where you go, yeah, it's going to be different. And then when it isn't, it gets really disappointing. So many people are so disappointed in 2021 because it's a continuation of 2020. It's like, but what were you expecting? Like the virus isn't just <laughs> going to be like, oh yeah, I can't go into the future.
2: When is the 1st of January ever been significantly different to the 31st of December? No.
0: And to be yeah. honest, as someone who's self-employed, January's always depressing because you never have any work. Everyone's booked you in
1: December. <laughs> I think I'm quite like, I don't, you know, we just had blue monday last week i've never had it because january i always just see as like my fallow period anyway yeah just not working yeah it's true we just didn't have the busy period of december
0: to actually pay the no
1: (laughs) normally you sort of see january as a bit of respite after the yeah
0: i mean it's definitely panic stations over here i i did my tax return today and realized that there was actually a whole hunk of income i forgot to add into my spreadsheet so i'm i'm 1600 pounds sure (laughs)
1: Yeah, good job. The podcast will fill that void. Oh yeah, so uh, there's going to be a (laughs) just giving. going to be a GoFundMe
0: (laughs) to make sure I don't get arrested by guys are doing a really
1: big push. uh, (laughs) If you want to save Matt, and if you want him not to.
0: Be destitute Are you sure the and on the street. The tax man
1: does it come for me. Or uh, share, share the podcast and give five star review.
0: Yes, exactly. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm sure the tax man will accept that as currency.
1: Yeah, like you can either pay him in exposure, which is always a good one, <laughs> or, or reviews. Yes. I
2: mean, we'll, we'll happily plug whatever you're selling in exchange, you know? It's true. Advertising revenue is legit.
1: You got hi, could we advertise HMRC.gov.uk <laughs> in exchange. Because you know how some websites Tax do that. It doesn't have like... to
2: be taxing.
1: <laughs> Cause you know, I think for some podcasts they basically plug it and they get you get stuff in you get stuff yeah, back in return.
0: return. I know. Apparently that's how it works when you monetize this. Um we don't have enough followers, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> so we're gonna start a new book. New Year, new book.
1: <gasps> yeah, we Excited. are
0: the first book of twenty twenty one is Animal Farm.
2: Oh, yeah, it is.
0: now I'm sure Animal Farm is one of those books where everyone read it in school. I'm guessing. yep yeah, I did for some kind of English. I don't think exam. we read it,
2: but I, we we did a, an abridged version of it in the drama studio once. I remember,
0: mm. but I don't think we ever read, play. It, read it. Did you play anything? Uh, or were you directing? S-
2: no. Yes, I was uh, Snowball. Oh, was I? That's
1: quite a bit no. Of I wasn't. No, I lied. I wasn't
2: Snowball. I wasn't Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I was the other one, Squealer.
1: Oh, oh you think, okay. yeah, okay. Mm, that's no. who I was. Right. Of all the books we've done, I think it sits in the one for which I feel is really familiar. But if you told me, if you asked me to tell me like moments in the book, I'd only be able to give you like three or four. So it yeah. is quite a nice time yes. to be revisiting. It's true, like, very true. I could, I could, I could spend sixty seconds and explain it to someone that's never heard about it before. But yet, do do like all the characters, I'd be like, uh. But then I think it will all Pigs? come flooding back. Yeah.
0: So we just jump in, guys, because this is a pretty meaty book and there's probably going to be a lot to talk about on the other side of this first chapter in terms of setting the scene. So let's dive straight in.
2: Animal Farm by George Orwell. Chapter One. Mr. Jones of the Manor Farm had locked the hen houses for the night but was too drunk to remember to shut the pop holes.
1: <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Sounds very farmery.
2: <laughs> I don't know what the pop holes are. I'm, not, I'm a bit embarrassed to say. I don't know.
0: Oh, a small opening through which an animal may pass from a coop or an outdoor. So he's oh, I see. obviously locked the hen houses, but not locked to the little door that the chickens can
1: actually go in and out of. Oh, so all he's all he's all he's enabled himself is not to be able to get in, but the chickens yeah. absolutely can. Yeah, the chickens <laughs> can get out, but he now it's going to be absolute <laughs> anarchy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> With the ring of light from his lantern dancing from side to side He lurched across the yard Kicked off his boots at the back door Drew himself a last glass of beer from the barrel in the scullery And made his way up to bed Where Mrs Jones was already snoring
0: Mrs Bridget Jones
2: Mrs Bridget Jones, that's
0: right <laughs> There's the voice just Yeah Yeah <laughs>
2: As soon as the light in the bedroom went out, there was a stirring and a fluttering all through the farm buildings. Word had gone round during the day that Old Major, the prize Middle White Boar, had had a strange dream on the previous night and wished to communicate it to the other animals. It had been agreed that they should all meet in the big barn as soon as Mr. Jones was safely out of the way. Old Major, So he was always called, though the name under which he had been exhibited was Willingdon Beauty. Was so highly regarded on the farm that everyone was quite ready to lose an hour's sleep in order to hear what he had to say.
0: You can tell why he changed his name to Old Major because Willingdon Beauty doesn't quite have the same gravitas to it when you're talking (laughs) about Beauty. Yeah, (laughs) Willingdon Beauty's had a dream. What's it about? Glitter and stickers. Like what? What are you all about?
2: At one end of the big barn, on a sort of raised platform, Major was already ensconced on his bed of straw, under a lantern which hung from a beam. He was twelve years old and had lately grown rather stout, but he was still a majestic-looking pig, with a wise and benevolent appearance, in spite of the fact that his tushes had never been cut. Before long, The other animals began to arrive and make themselves comfortable after their different fashions. First came the three dogs, Bluebell, Jessie, and Pincher, and then the pigs, who settled down in the straw immediately in front of the platform. The hens perched themselves on the window sills, the pigeons fluttered up to the rafters, the sheep and cows lay down behind the pigs and began to chew the cud. The two cart horses, Boxer and Clover, came in together, walking very slowly and setting down their vast hairy hoofs with great care, lest they should be some small animal concealed in the straw. Clover was a stout, motherly mare, approaching middle life, who had never quite got her figure back after her fourth foal. <laughs>
1: He you just fat-shaming like a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the force kid that did it. The pressure on women who've just given birth to get back to looking amazing is so even worse for horses. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. She's out of mare apparently.
2: <laughs> Boxer was an enormous beast, nearly 18 hands high, and as strong as any two ordinary horses put together. A white stripe down his nose gave him a somewhat stupid appearance, and in fact he was not of first-rate intelligence but he was universally respected for his steadiness of character and tremendous powers of work. After the horses came Muriel the white goat and Benjamin the donkey. Benjamin was the oldest animal on the farm and the worst tempered. He seldom talked and when he did it was usually to make some cynical remark. For instance, he would say that God had given him a tail to keep the flies off, but that he would sooner have had no tail and no flies. Alone, among the animals on the farm, he never laughed. If asked why, he would say that he saw nothing to laugh at. Nevertheless, without openly admitting it, he was devoted to Boxer. The two of them usually spent their Sundays together, in the small paddock behind the orchard, Grazing side by side, and never speaking. The two horses had just laid down when a brood of ducklings, which had lost their mother, filed into the barn, cheeping feebly, and wandering from side to side to find some place where they would not be trodden on. Clover made a sort of wall around them with her foreleg, and the ducklings nestled down inside it and promptly fell asleep. At the last moment, Molly, the foolish, pretty white mare who drew Mr. Jones's trap, came mincing daintily in, chewing at a lump of sugar. Where'd she get the sugar from? <laughs> from the sugar bowl, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I love that she minces in as well. I just like, imagine her kind of like...
1: I love the fact the animals have got, like, a tuck shop or something. Yeah. <laughs> she got just got some, like, got a, like, a, like a dip dab. A pick and mix in her pocket. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, she's the, she's the cart horse. She's the one who gets displayed around town, isn't she?
0: Oh, okay. She
2: drew the trap,
0: you see? Yeah, she's the hussy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't go that far.
0: Sorry, I'm a slut shaming now. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> just shame on all the... <laughs> shame on all the horses. Shame.
2: <laughs> 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 she took a place near the front and began flirting her white mane, hoping to draw attention to the red ribbons it was plaited with. Last of all came the cat, who looked around, as usual, for the warmest place, and finally squeezed herself in between boxer and clover. There she purred contentedly throughout Major's speech, without listening to a word of what he was saying. All the animals were now present, except Moses, the tame raven, who slept on a perch behind the back door. When Major saw that they had all made themselves comfortable and were waiting attentively, he cleared his throat and began. And then we need a voice for Major. Oh, he'll be a
1: bristling, Ooh. posh, surely, surely, What's, um, you know, from Faulty Towers. He's got to Can have you... jowls, though. I'm
0: just, I want to hear his jowls. Ruff,
2: ruff. So you, you can make fun.
0: sort of like a like a Churchill kind of. Could he
1: have a? Could he have a, like a really like profound cough? <laughs> is he on death's door? Yeah, he could be. So every time he gets to like a full stop, go, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can have some punctuation fun. I was so well behaved in Christmas Carol. Yeah, you were. And I feel like I need to be unleashed. This obviously. is yeah. your reward.
0: Winston Churchill and the cigars are getting him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You must find them on the beaches. That's going to be your way in. We will, we will,
2: we will, we will fight, <laughs> comrades. You have heard already about the strange dream that I had last night.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Always funny. <laughs> but I will come to the dream later. I have something else to say first. I do not think, comrades, that I shall be with you for many months longer, and before I die, I feel it my duty to pass on such wisdom as I have acquired. (coughs) (laughs) I have had a long life. I have had much time for thought as I lay alone in my stall, and I think I may say that I understand the nature of life on this earth as well as any animal now living. (coughs) It is about this that I wish to speak to you. (coughs) Now, comrades, what is the nature of this life of ours? Let us face it. Our lives are miserable, laborious and short. We are born, and we are given just so much food as will keep the breath in our bodies, and those of us who are capable of it are forced to work to the last atom of our strength. And the very instant that our youthfulness has come to an end, we are slaughtered with hideous cruelty. <coughs> <laughs> No animal in England knows the meaning of happiness and leisure after he is a year old.
0: What's funny (coughs) is listening to this now, it sounds more like a vegan manifesto
1: (laughs) than (laughs) a communist one. (laughs) Or an advert for the donkey sanctuary. Yeah. (laughs) They always have one.
2: No animal in England is free.
1: What would the farmer say if he came in now? <laughs> yeah. He goes in if they've and they've like made like an auditorium. I, I, yeah. I like the idea that they've like built like stalls and there's like a balcony as well and nice spotlight oh, yes. and there's a couple of like chickens like just accepting people in just to make sure. There's, defin- there's definitely there's like in the waistcoats. With, yeah,
2: with, with the little binoculars you get at the opera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the life of an animal is misery and slavery. That is the plain truth. (coughs) (laughs) But is this simply part of the order of nature? Is it because this land of ours is so poor that it cannot afford a decent life to those who dwell upon it? (coughs) No, comrades. A thousand times no. The soil of England is fertile. Its climate is good. It is capable of affording food in abundance to an enormously greater number of animals that now inhabit it.
1: <coughs> this
2: <laughs> single farm of ours would support a dozen horses, twenty cows, hundreds of sheep, and all of them living in comfort and dignity that are now almost beyond our imagining. Why then? Do we continue in this miserable condition? Because nearly the whole of the produce of our labour is stolen from us by human beings. (coughs) There, comrades, is the answer to all of our problems. It is summed up in a single word. Man. Man is the only real enemy we have. Remove man from the scene, and the root cause of hunger and overwork is abolished forever. (coughs) Man is the only creature that consumes without producing. He does not give milk. He does not lay eggs. He is too weak to pull the plough. He cannot run fast enough to catch rabbits. Yet he is lord of all the animals. He sets them to work, gives them back the bare minimum that will prevent them from starving, and the rest he keeps for himself. (coughs) Our labour tills the soil, our dung fertilises it, and yet there is not one of us that owns more than his bare skin. (coughs) You cows that I see before me, How many thousands of gallons of milk have you given during this last year? (coughs) And what has happened to that milk which should have been breeding up sturdy calves? (coughs) Every drop of it has gone down the throats of our enemies, and you hens, how many eggs have you laid in this last year? And how many of those eggs never hatched into chickens? The rest of you, all gone to market to bring in money for Jones and his men. And you, Clover, where are those four coals you bore? Who should have been the support and pleasure of your old age? (coughs) Each was sold at a year old. You will never see one of them again. In return for your four confinements and all of your labour in the field, what have you ever had except your bare rations and a stall? (coughs) And even the miserable lives we lead are not allowed to reach their natural span. For myself, I do not grumble, for I am one of the lucky ones. (coughs) I am twelve years old and have had over four hundred children.
0: Wow, he got busy.
2: <laughs> busy pig.
0: I was kind of about to say because obviously things like pigs the only thing they can give is meat. Yep. Or the only thing they do give to a farm is meat. So him saying unless, all of these complaints. You're a bore,
2: put out to stud, I guess.
0: Yeah, but yeah. this is what I was meaning where he's obviously complaining and it seems actually out of all the farm animals he's gotten quite a good deal out of this current situation machine yeah but then that could also be intentional by Orwell because the Bolshevik revolution was a revolution from above it wasn't one that came from the working class it was one that came from elites elites were the ones who pushed for it to happen and were the reason it happened and they would have had very comfortable lifestyles under the regime before. So he's probably done this intentionally to highlight the fact that the main instigators of this revolution were actually people who had it quite comfortable.
1: Yeah, so he's not even talking from the perspective of the worst.
2: Yeah, I think it's the same. The same's true of the French Revolution, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There were quite a few of the aristocracy. Yeah, they're who all revolutions the from there. above. Such is the natural life of a pig. But no animal escapes the cruel knife in the end. (coughs) You young porkers who are sitting in front of me, every one of you will scream your lives out at the block within a year. (coughs) To that horror, we must all come. Cows, pigs, hens, sheep, everyone. (coughs) Even the horses and the dogs have no better fate. You, boxer, the very day that those great muscles of yours lose their power, Jones will sell you to the knacker, who will cut your throat and boil you down for foxhounds. (laughs) Could you imagine just saying that to someone? That's pretty harsh reality. Mate,
0: he's not mincing. (laughs) Unlike Molly or whatever her name is.
2: (laughs) As for the dogs... When they grow old and toothless, Jones ties a brick around their necks and drowns them in the nearest pond. Good grief. (coughs) Is it not crystal clear, then, comrades, that all the evils of this life of ours spring from the tyranny of human beings? (coughs) Only get rid of man, and the produce of our labour would be our own. Almost overnight we would become rich. And free, what then must we do? By work, night and day, body and soul, for the overthrow of the human race. (coughs) That is my message to you, comrades. Rebellion. I do not know when that rebellion will come. It might be in a week or in a hundred years. But I know as surely as I see this straw beneath my feet, that sooner or later, justice will be done. (coughs) Fix your eyes on that, comrades, throughout the remainder of your short lives. And above all, pass on this message of mine to those who come after you, so that future generations shall carry the struggle until it is victorious. (coughs) And remember, Comrade, your resolution must never falter. No argument must lead you astray. Never listen when they tell you that man and the animals have a common interest.
0: I'm glad that Never Listen had a continuation. I thought it was just going to say, never listen. That's the finished, solution. Never listen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's basically what some dictators have tried to do at the moment. Haven't they tell everyone, yeah, everything you're being told is fake. It's fake news. No, that's not real. This is only listen to me. Only what I say is the truth. Only, you know, Oh, it's so worrying. Sadly, that's a very real. Mm, very real problem.
2: Never listen. When they tell you that man and the animals have a common interest. That the prosperity of the one is the prosperity of the others. It is all lies. (coughs) Man serves the interest of no creature but himself. And among us animals, let there be perfect unity, perfect comradeship in the struggle. (coughs) All men are enemies. All animals are comrades. At this moment, there was a tremendous uproar. While Major was speaking, four large rats had crept out of their holes and were sitting on their hind quarters listening to him. The dogs had suddenly caught sight of them and it was only by a swift dash for their holes that the rats saved their lives. Major raised his trotter for silence. Comrades, he said. Here is a point that must be settled. (coughs) The wild creatures, such as rats and rabbits, are they our friends or our enemies? (coughs) Let us put it to the vote. I propose this question to the meeting. Are rats comrades? The vote was taken at once, and it was agreed by an overwhelming majority that rats were comrades. There were only four dissentients, the three dogs and the cat, who was afterwards discovered to have voted on both sides.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Typical cat.
2: Sneaky cat.
1: It's hard of hearing, cat. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think it's just
0: they just don't care. You know, People who do that, I think, do it just because they want to prove that it's stupid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I vote for both sides, I'm gonna show you how ridiculous this poll taking is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Major continued. I have little more to say. <coughs> I merely repeat, remember always your duty of enmity towards man and all his ways. <coughs> Whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings Is a friend. (coughs) And remember also that in fighting against man, we must not come to resemble him. (coughs) Even when you have conquered him, do not adopt his vices. (coughs) No animal must ever lie in a house, or sleep in a bed, or wear clothes, or drink alcohol, or smoke tobacco, or touch money, or engage in trade. All the habits of man are evil And above all No animal must ever tyrannise over his own kind (coughs) Weak or strong Clever or simple We are all brothers No animal must ever kill any other animal (coughs) All animals are equal And now Comrades, I will tell you about my dream of last night. (laughs) I cannot describe that dream to you. It was a dream of the earth as it will be when man has vanished. But it reminded me of something that I had long forgotten. Many years ago, when I was a little pig, my mother and the other sows used to sing an old song of which they knew only the tune and the first three words. (coughs) I had known that tune in my infancy, but it had long since passed out of my mind. (coughs) Last night, however, it came back to me in my dream. (coughs) And what is more, the words of the song also came backwards, I am certain, which were sung by the animals of long ago, and have been lost to memory for generations. (coughs) I will sing you that song now, comrades. (coughs) I am old, and my voice is hoarse, (laughs) but when I have taught you the tune, you can sing it better for yourselves. I wondered the horses were
0: like, I take exemption to that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Are you saying we're bad singers? Uh, we're good singers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Molly's like, speak for yourself. <laughs>
1: okay, we've got voices there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Molly has to be an it girl. She's a mean girl. She has to be. Yeah. She's got red ribbons and she's eating pick-a-mix. Like, so she has plastics. to be. And she's tossing yeah. her hair at the side trying to get attention. <laughs> They've got a burn book.
2: <laughs> yes. It is called Beasts of England. Old Major cleared his throat and began to sing. And, as he had said, his voice was hoarse. But he sang well enough, and it was a stirring tune, something between Clementine and La Cucaracha.
0: <laughs> Shut up, it says La Cucaracha. It does, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I know that one, but I don't like, know what Clementine sounds like. I was thinking like Jerusalem,
0: or uh, duh, duh, duh. Royal Britannia, yeah. or something like bread of heaven stoic and yeah but like the (laughs)
2: cucaracha and then of course we get given all of the lyrics to the song which need to be sung
0: well you need to sing them to the cucaracha then don't you yeah (laughs) we're going to kill a man we're going to get man mr jones is going to die cha cha cha
2: (laughs) it's somewhere between clementine clementine and la cucaracha
0: is that, oh, my darling, oh, my darling.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my darling. Is that it?
0: Maybe do it to that one, because I feel like that's got quite a legato melody that you can fit a lot of lyrics in if you need to.
2: Okay. But a, you have to of... end with a cha-cha-cha. Da-da-da. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Good. So, a bit of Clementine with Lucucaracha with a hoarse uh, major voice. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I'm leaving that in. (laughs) The words ran Best of England, Best of Ireland, Best of Overland and Club. (laughs) And cough. Joyful tidings of the golden future time. Cha cha cha! <laughs> it has a lot of verses, does oh, it? Yeah. Can we have a
1: key change as well? Just yes.
2: So we had some harmonies. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yet. So or late, the day is coming. Tyrant land, and the <laughs> fruitful fields of England shall be drawn by beast alone. La, cha, la, cha, la. Cha. <laughs> Rings shall vanish from our noses, and the harness from our back. <laughs> Pit and shall rust forever, cruel whips no more shall wrack.
0: I'm trying to do like the Russian
2: revolutionary hum underneath. Which is more than mine can picture, wheat and barley, out and hay. Clover, beans and mango wurzels shall be ours upon the day. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-cha-cha. Right will oh shine my God, it's still going. <laughs> the fields of England. your shall <laughs> its waters be. Sweeter yet shall blow its breezes On the day that sets us free How many verses are there? For that day we all must labour Though we (laughs) die before it break Come and horses, geese and turkeys All must toil for freedom's sake I'll not be stopped. Every ladder climb, hark and while well the splend my tidings of the golden future, climb. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I mean, old oh major, what a tenor. Absolutely beautiful, some, Turner. He's got some pipes on him. That might be better than Beautiful suit. I think that was his talent in his beauty pageants. He sang. That's what he did. When he came out in his little bikini, he did his, he did his I'd life. love to see a
1: pig pageant. <laughs> <laughs> like Honey Boo Boo. Yes. A, Just a with little
0: tube and a little like boob tube.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like fake eyelashes. Yes. <laughs> and like they straighten the tail.
0: Mate, you know that like, if you were in the hall of that, the Oscar music would have been playing by, by verse three. They'd have been like, all right, you've had your time. Get, get off. Get off the yeah, stage. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. don't play the music.
1: <laughs> I'd love it if the barn was just empty after he's just.
2: Yeah, you know, he's his clean, arms clean, are he out. out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's just a cricket there was like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone's like, he's lost it.
1: <laughs> and the rats were like, we quite enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: oh, Rizzo, yes.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: The singing of this song threw the animals into the wildest excitement. Almost before Major had reached the end, they had begun singing it for themselves. Even the stupidest of them had already picked up the tune and a few of the words, and as for the clever ones, such as the pigs and dogs, they had the entire song by heart within a few minutes. And then, after a few preliminary tries, the whole farm burst out into beasts of England in tremendous unison. <laughs> you know
0: Mr Jones hears that. He's he what does. is that racket? Could you imagine all of those animals trying to sing in animal language? Yeah, Bridget yeah. Jones
2: must be a very heavy sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> the cows load it, the dogs whined it, the sheep bleated it, the horses whinnied it, the ducks quacked it. Yeah. They were so delighted with the song that they sang it right through five times in succession and might have continued singing it all night if they'd not been interrupted. Unfortunately, the uproar awoke Mr Jones who sprang out of bed making sure that there was a fox in the yard. He seized the gun which always stood in the corner of his bedroom and let fly a charge of number six shot into the darkness. The pellets buried themselves in the wall of the barn and the meeting broke up hurriedly everyone fled to his own sleeping place the birds jumped onto their perches the animals settled down in the straw and the whole farm was asleep in a moment end of chapter
1: ooh there we go so
0: a lot of scene setting in that chapter really a lot wasn't of scene it setting. yeah mm. so i think probably If you're looking at this as an allegory and everything stands for something, old major, I'm assuming, then, must be Marx, who obviously wrote the Communist Manifesto with Frederick Engels. What was his socio-political
2: standing, please?
0: Marx? He was a communist, wasn't he? No, but did he
2: have a lot of money?
0: His father served as a lawyer, so his family probably were quite well off. Uh, came from a relatively wealthy middle class family which owned a number of vineyards. So technically he would be classed as a ruling like owner. You know, he owns means of production owner, yeah. there. Yeah, he's a <clears throat> landowner. So
2: so what we're saying is that that, that major sort of uh, mirrors that, that level of education and that, obviously that political viewpoint as well.
0: Oh, this is quite interesting. Carl's uncle, Benjamin Phillips, was a banker and an industrialist and a source of loans for Carl and his wife while he was in exile in London. Carl didn't mind leaning on banking in order to be able to afford to rail against it. (laughs) So I would say he's a little bit of a hypocrite there. So he kind of bites from, you know, bites the hand that feeds him
2: hilarious mm,
0: but maybe that was all part of his you know two fingers up at the establishment thing going you are financing me trying to overthrow you so
2: yeah i'll take it if i can get it
0: yeah, yeah exactly and shame on you for lending it to me <laughs> so i definitely say that old major represents karl marx who's kind of the, the the father of this way of thinking this communist manifesto which is essentially what old major is sharing with these animals yeah we're looking at lit charts for this one. Lit there is actually a spark notes, but we decided we'd like to bring lit charts back just to mix it. Yeah, up. we did.
1: And they're well more lit than the other ones.
0: <laughs> so, on the analysis for this chapter, it says to begin with, all the animals exist under Mr. Jones. Mr. Mr. Jones is somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> To me and Mrs. Anyway, to begin with, all the animals exist under Mr. Jones's somewhat totalitarian regime and are therefore on somewhat equal footing at this point. However, pay attention to the way in which the animals arrange themselves. The pigs and the dogs go to the front naturally, suggesting that they already hold an important place on the farm. While the fact that a pig is giving the speech is another indication that these two species are somehow superior to the others. In this sense, this represents the beginnings of class distinction on the farm. So you can see that even Already though Old Major is giving this talk saying, yeah. we are all one, we are all animals, man is the enemy. You can see that there are categories within that group of superiority and but who- not, but
2: not necessarily categories that, uh, that like that he has defined that they have the, the sort of materialised themselves. That is yes. interesting that, that 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 the dog, one of those more superior animals, was the one to scare off the rats, and he then calls it back to the vote. So you see, like quite a quite a. A utopian ideal from the yes. front and it's and even immediately in you know in that present moment it's not being lived out in what's happening in front of him
0: Well, what what that kind of highlights and i think what orwell is trying to highlight is is that while the communist manifesto is very utopian and kind of paints this really nice picture it doesn't quite allow for human or in this case animal nature mm-hmm. So the animal nature, as you said, of that dog is to chase that rat and eat it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. you don't account for that. It kind of has this very nice way of kind of going, well, if everyone got along and it's like, well, unfortunately in society, we have psychopaths and we have sociopaths and we have narcissists. It just doesn't and we, work have, in we have people who will fight, claw, stomp their way to the top, whether or not you let them. Do you know what I mean? you
1: always feel superior to something, whether it's intentional or or unintentional at yes. some point, however, exactly. however good and virtuous you are, there'll yes. be somebody you feel superior over. Exactly. What I'd also
0: like to highlight here, which is quite interesting in Lit charts, is the fact it mentions the fact that Mr. Jones's regime was totalitarian. And I think so many times people look at Animal Farm and just see it as a critique of communism, and communism doesn't work. But people forget that the, this novella begins with a capitalist system. And the capitalist system also wasn't working. It sure. was working for some, but it wasn't working for everybody. And I just feel like it's important to highlight that these two things are two very, you know, they're, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. You have capitalism on one end or, like you know, free market capitalism one end, communism on the other. And actually, probably, if you think about it, the ideal scenario is somewhere in the middle. And so... It's just important to highlight because so many people rag on communism and rag on this book in terms of like, you know, oh, it's it's saying communism is terrible. But it's like, well, no, but it's also saying that free market un, unbridled capitalism is also terrible because it, it leads to starvation as well. And it leads to poverty and it leads to people getting passed on the bare minimum rather than actually enjoying prosperous lives. So it's something that's just worth yeah, highlighting. Yeah, it's impossible to listen to that
1: speech and go, no, you haven't got a point. Um, no, Exactly. It and is. And so it that's is that's what I mean. But it's
0: so easy to just go, oh, Orwell was just ranking on communism. Well, no, actually, Orwell, Orwell technically in this book has criticised both systems. It's yeah. also quite... In like, the first chapter. It's funny, the exactly. animals,
1: like, obviously because we breed animals purely to be farming. They don't even go like, literally, we only exist to serve. They, they just go like, oh, we just happen to exist and we do serve. It's actually worse than that for the animals. And there is still allegories out that with people. They literally exist to serve. There's no other purpose. Mm. So you could have gone further. Yeah. So (laughs) some
0: of the animals you can see, as we we said, represent different classes. So you've got the pigs and the dogs represent elites and ruling class, people who are typically seen as leaders and people at the front. Then you've got Molly and the cat, who are representative of middle classes, who prior to the Bolshevik revolution were actually pretty comfortable, you know, represented by Molly's, you know, having sugar. And cats, you know, the cat cat's line for the warmest spot and the general lack of interest in the speech. Because she's like, this isn't really going to affect me. I've actually got quite a good life under this regime. So I'm just going to come and get what I can get, i.e. a nice warm spot to sit in and you guys can carry on doing what you're doing.
2: And then, of course, she can go in the cat flap and have a bowl of cream inside. Exactly. And she's welcome
0: in the house.
1: The cat would be like one of those influencers that goes to... Who goes to like one of the marches and stands there next to a yes, blackout for five seconds oh, and then disappears. And then fuggers and then <laughs> off in an Uber. Yeah. And goes I'm just standing up for democracy. Yeah.
2: well, just I like... was there. I was in the room when it happened.
0: Yeah. And they just throw their picket sign on the floor and litter as they leave. And... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you have any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com.
1: Uh, Or if you're one of the comrade's friends with two little wings in the form of a little Twitter bird, you can get us at Lazy Book Club Pod.
2: God, that was a tenuous one. Good. (laughs) Or we're on Instagram at exactly the same handle, at Lazy Book Club Pod. If you have enjoyed the podcast and
0: you're enjoying the fact that we're back, why not share it? Why not give us a little review? And why not give us a lovely five stars stars. on uh, iTunes as well? So we can help spread this?
1: I think it is still a GCSE listed text. So course, if any- yes. obviously I know the exams have been cancelled, but in future years, if you know any like young people who are studying Animal Farm or doing Orwell, it must be a, it might be a really nice uh, sort of accompanying thing that they can do and listen to the podcast and maybe get some more
2: ideas.
0: Yeah, well, you're definitely going to be able to bear the whole book when you've got stupid voices in your ears the entire time. Like it's definitely it. going to make it more enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah. And we promise that we'll brush up on our history and our Marxist yeah, theory as I well, realise so don't give job. you any points that are wrong.
2: <laughs> I mean, Matt will. I'm a bit well, too lazy for that. Yeah.
0: I, when, when we decided to do this book, I was sitting there going, wow, it's been a long time since I've read Marx. It's been about 10 years. So the amount, I'm going to have to brush up.
2: Bring out your old uh, university notes. Get all the yeah, parchment well, scrolls out from back I
0: then. went up to the attic to see if my communist manifesto was still up there. Because, you know, you've got to hide it in case the feds turn up.
2: Well, absolutely.
0: And uh, I couldn't find it. I've lost it. So I'm going to have to download it and give it another skim read just so I get kind of like... Is it quite meaty? Uh, it is quite meaty. Marx talks a lot about obviously like the means of production. Yeah. And basically Marx's main theory is all based on Hegel. Hegel was a philosopher who believed that society is driven by ideas and everything in society can be explained by ideas. And Marx turned that and went, no, you're, you've got the right theory, but you've got the wrong foundation. It's not ideas that drive society. It's economics everything we see in society can be explained by looking at economics so he goes on in terms of everything in terms of capitalism in terms of class in terms of religion as everything he's like everything can be distilled down to economics money and how people interact with that so that's basically what his main theory is he's taken hegel's idea and reinvented
1: it i might have to read the horrible histories version <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's probably a lot more digestible.
1: With like yeah. a funny joke on the front. Like. Yeah. So
0: unfortunately with this book there aren't any chapter titles, so we can't play any stupid games guessing any chapters. So you're just gonna have to join us next time for chapter two. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
2: Bye!